All right, church, y'all ready for the word? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, thank you for showing us the true meaning of Christmas. Father, we thank you for Jesus and all that he is to us. Father, we thank you for all that he's done for us. God, thank you for opening up your word for us to be able to see Jesus in every aspect of the truth. Father, I thank you for the people that you have here at this appointed time. God, that you would just bless them beyond measure, that you would give them understanding and clarity, wisdom that can only come from you. Father, open up their hearts to your heart. We receive all that you have for us in Jesus' name. May the church say, amen, amen. The message of Christmas, Jesus is with you, amen? Emmanuel, Jesus literally uh, with us is God. What does that mean to have God with us? We hear it all the time. God be with you. God be with you. God be with you. There's so much more the, to, to what that means, that statement means, than what we probably realize, at least for me. Amen? So we're going to see what Scripture has to say about that. We're going to start off in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. And it says, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name, say it, church, Jesus. Do you know Yeshua, right? Do you know how much... Uh, what that name, honestly, what that name means, what it consists of. It's the name above all names. Amen? But what does it mean to you? It means holiness. It means wholeness. It means safety. It means provision. All those things are what the name of Jesus represents. Isn't that a good thing? It's a beautiful thing. For he will save. Say save. Save his people from their sins. He will save his people. It doesn't say he came down to judge the people, does it? No, they were already under judgment. They were under the law. Jesus came to save his people. Save. Isn't that good news? Save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now, the whole Bible is translated, isn't it? You ever think about that? Why would it say which is translated God with us? But, I mean, honestly, the whole Bible is not in, 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 in the New Testament. It's not in, written in Greek, <laughs> is it? It's written in English. But for some reason, Emmanuel had to be translated. It is a a beautiful name. It literally means God with us. What that means, what that meant for them back then, what that meant for them back then was they were under law. They were always, their sin was always hanging over their head. No matter what they did, their, their sin was hanging over their head. Well, now here comes some good news. Jesus is coming to save you from that. Amen? Save you from that. Save you from what? Well, we're going to see that in a second. But I wanted to take you where that's from. That's from Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. A sign. The Lord himself is going to give you a sign. This is a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That's where it comes from in Matthew. Emmanuel. God with us. Now, the sign is a virgin be, having a baby, right? That happened today. We, 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 we would be questioning some people. Right? You'd be like, say what? They'd be on the, that's how Jerry Springer got his start. <laughs> it's true. 
So God will. Now, what was the first prophecy? The first prophecy by God to come out of his mouth in scripture was in Genesis 3. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her. Seed, capital S. Who's that? Jesus. And we know now, especially in the medical, that the woman doesn't, the woman doesn't provide the seed. The, the, the man provides the seed, right? The male. So this capital seed is predicting the virgin birth, right? Why do we have to have a virgin birth? Because the father dictates the blood that is going to be in the baby. Yes? God's blood is perfect. It would have to be a perfect, sinless, sinless, tainted blood to save people. That's why I had to be a virgin. Amen? I say a virgin. Her name, she has a name. Mary. Mary, Mary, why you bugging? Y'all remember that song? Sorry. Let's get back. You know I'm going to say something. I, I have songs that just pop up in my head, and I probably shouldn't say them, but <laughs> that's what I don't think. Where the oil? <laughs> so look at this. Satan was able to come in legally because of Adam's sin. So back before Adam's sin, God, God controlled the garden. Adam and Eve, all they had to do was walk around with all their glory around them and just name animals, right? They could eat from any tree in the garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life was there. They had everything, right? God never meant for men to die, amen? He never meant for them to die. He wanted them to live forever. But sin came in. Satan brought sin in. And now, now God's judgment is about to have to take place, right? So Adam and Eve are about to be kicked out of the garden, or they are kicked out of the garden, and God pronounces that prophecy that he, the, the seed that would be born of the virgin will stomp on the serpent's head, the snake's head. Y'all know if you cut a snake's head off, it's still dangerous. You know if you run over a snake and you go, oh, look, I ran over him. That's a dumb idea. Right? You, you can cut that snake's head off and somebody told me it was like two days you shouldn't touch it. I'm like, don't ever touch it. Why are you even cutting it off? Shoot it and go bye-bye. I don't play with snakes. That's just dumb. But when I was a kid, I did that stuff, right? Now, if a little bug gets on my shoulder, I think it's a spider. Like, everything's a spider to me now. <laughs> and, I, and I flee in the name of Jesus. But Satan was able to come in legally. Why legally? Because now man had sin on them. And God was judge. God was a righteous judge. Man had sin. And so now Satan can come in and use the law against man. He still does that today. He still tries to get you to think that you're under law, that God's going to judge you when you mess up. Would you agree? Does that today. So look at this verse in Isaiah 49, 24. Very interesting. It says, shall the prey be taken from the mighty or the lawful captive delivered? Now, Jesus delivered us. But notice it says lawful captive. That's what I'm saying. At one point in time, Satan had a right to come in because Satan can go where sin is. Are you with me? Satan go with sin. What does Satan take with him? He takes the law. His name means Hasatan. He, he literally is a prosecutor. He's not an idiot. 
right? He's a prosecutor at law. He knows the law. He will take the law to you. He knows if he takes it up there to God, guess what? God's going to say, hey, law, Jesus is the end of the law for righteousness to those who believe. But Satan will try to get in your head and say, hey, man, how can you call yourself a Christian knowing what you just did? Amen? So I, I think it's interesting that it says that he, he, he saved us, he freed us from, um, he delivered us from being a lawful captive. And that tells us at one point Satan had a right. But not anymore. Amen? Not anymore. Why? Today God's righteousness is on our side because of what Christ did. The whole reason he came. He was the only one that could came. Could came. <laughs> he was the only one that could. No one else could do it. That's why he came. We couldn't do it or else he'd have let us continue to be what we were doing in the first place. But none of us are perfect. None of us can satisfy God's wrath and his, and his holiness. It had to be a, a, a baby born of a virgin. And that baby had purpose. But God's righteous, that's why today, listen, the Bible says that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Why? Because he who knew no sin died for me. He took my place. A divine exchange. All right, Matthew 121. And she, she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. What does it mean to be saved from your sins? What does that mean? He's going to say, does it mean that he's going to, that you're never going to sin again? We have two options, but I want, let me show you this first. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring to you what? Good tidings of great joy, right? Which will be to all people for there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior, not a lawgiver, not a judge, a savior, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Now that's very interesting because the, Listen, the whole battle comes down to this. It's You have two choices. Christ died to sin. He's going to save us from our sins. Is he going to save us from never sinning again? Because that's not good news. That would be tidings of great sorrow. You know why? Because we sin. And if you think about when the angels came down to the shepherds and to the Jewish, the Israelites, listen, they knew that they were under law. They knew they couldn't be perfect. And if, and if it said that, and if it meant that it's going to stop you from never singing again, then they're going to be in trouble because that can't happen. We're in a fallen world. There's still not another one perfect like Jesus was. So if somebody tells you, you got to be more like Jesus, you got to be more like Jesus, you got to, you got to, you got to, you got to imitate Jesus. You got to, you know, all this stuff, man, say, I can't, can you, if you can show me, don't tell me, show me. Amen. You can't. That's the whole point of resting in who Christ is. Christ did it for us. We don't have to go out there and, and try. In fact, the more you try, the more you fail. The more you rest in who you are, then you become like Jesus. When you know how loved you are, you will become a great lover of people like Jesus. But when you think you're condemned, guess what you're going to do? You're going to condemn everybody else. You're going to judge everybody else. It's not your job. I mean, it's my job. We're going to talk about that sweater after church, too, boy. He's joking. He's like, I ain't got nothing to say. It is what it is. Oh, check this out. So we know it's not A. It couldn't be A. 
Jesus didn't come to save the people from never sinning again. This is what he came to do. He came to save the people from condemnation, the penalty, and the judgment of sin. That is taken care of. He took that on himself. That way you got to know that, yeah, you're still going to fail. You're still going to fall. You're still going to sin. But the condemnation of it is not for you. That's why the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's good tidings of great joy. Penalty of sin. Will you ever have to die for your sin? No. Christ died for your sin. If you are in Christ, the penalty of sin is taken away. God would be unjust to punish you after he punished his son. Amen? Judgment. This is what we were talking about earlier, Bob. There's no billboard up there. There's no, you're not going to wait in line to be judged. You've already been judged righteous just by believing in Jesus. Just by confessing Jesus with your mouth and believing that God raised him from the dead. God says you are judged, you are judged righteous right there. He was raised on, a, on account of us being justified. Romans 4. We are justified right where you are. Well, I don't feel justified. I sin all the time. Listen, that's a mind thing that the enemy's in your head. Tell the enemy to go back to hell. Amen? Any kids in there? Sorry. Sorry. Uh, Y'all remember that that, that group uh, that tried to be like Kiss? They, oh, oh, man. Striper. Yeah. You know, you, you probably listened to them on the way to church, weren't you, Barry? Like back in the eighties, they they were like they, instead of the black and white like kids, they were yellow and black. I think they look like bumblebees, right? And they're up there, they're just singing. And one of their 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 favorite song, or famous songs was uh was to hell with the devil, and they were like right there to hell with the devil. Y'all remember that? Y'all don't remember that? I saw them at Disney World, Night of Joy, back in last year. Barry and I were together. I don't know. I honestly don't know how we get to some places. Don't. We need to go back to Scripture. <laughs> Satan. Satan will use the law against you. The, the law now is a weapon used by the enemy. You know why? Because the law, according to God, God the, the law is holy. But the Bible says Christ is the end of the law. What does it mean to be the end? It's done. It's finished. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. In other words, you don't have to keep the law to be made righteous. That was the good news to those guys. Think about it. That was written to those guys, not, not just to us, but back then it was written to those guys. You no longer have to keep the law in order to be righteous. Someone's going to make you righteous. And that's good tidings of great joy. If it was still on them, they would still be worried. Just like we are sometimes. But Satan will use that law because by the law is the knowledge of sin. Amen? The no, it doesn't say by the law is the knowledge of Jesus. So when people preaching the law to you, preaching the law and putting you under. Also, the law is the ministry of condemnation, Paul calls it. If someone's preaching the law at you all the time, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. Listen, that's a lot of pressure for you. And God's like, I did not send my son to put that kind of pressure on them again. They can't do it. No one could do it before. That, Jesus, my son, is the only one that could do it. And I, I guarantee you guys going to have a talk with some pastors one day. Look, y'all misrepresented me. He did that in Scripture, remember? Moses smacked that rock. Smacked it. Said, whoop out. Beat it with, a, with, a, with, his, uh, with his cane pole. 
And God got mad. He wouldn't let him go into the promised land because he made God look angry to the people. Amen. All right. Uh, back to Luke 2, verse 10. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Good tidings of great joy means that now there's someone here. The Messiah has finally come. The Savior of the world has finally come. He's here. That's good news. Not just that he's here, but what they were hearing was, now my righteousness is going to be wrapped up in my Messiah. And not in what I do. Can you imagine the pressure that was lifted off of those guys? Some of you guys have that same pressure lifted off when you hear this message, don't you? I remember hearing all kinds. Like Bert told me his story. Bobby has told me his story. That you come into this church and you hear this message from, from Pastor Dwayne or myself. And it will lift a burden off of you. Especially if you grew up in a religious church. Amen? The Catholic church. He is, Stand up for me, Mr. James. Mr. James is a recovering former Catholic. <laughs> Give him praise over here. <laughs> that man right there will tell you, his, his testimony is beautiful, man, just like uh, many of y'all that have come to this church. And mine too. Dwayne will tell you, the moment we met in Palaka, he didn't always think like he does now. I didn't always think like I know now. And then the Lord opened up to us at his appointed time because there was a reason why we went through everything we went through from a church standpoint. But at his appointed time, he brought us together. And that message has just spread. It's spread. It's unbelievable. Some of you guys lead Bible studies at other churches. And you're taking this message out there. It's beautiful. Amen. All right. Uh, so it's good times, great joy. John 8, 3. This is interesting. We know this story. The woman caught in the act of adultery. I'm so glad y'all, because I paused there for a second. I'm glad y'all didn't say adultery together, right? I, we don't want to focus on that, the sin part. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they put her, her and her sin in the midst, in the midst of the people. For what? They wanted a stone. Really, they wanted to take care of Jesus. But they were going to stone her because she was caught in the act. And you know the story, Jesus he knelt down twice. He wrote on the sand and says that he was without sin, throw the first stone, and one by one they went away. I love that when it gets down to the bottom, it, it talks about how Jesus was standing in the midst. Like when she woke up, she saw no one standing in the midst but Jesus. In, in other words, she was in the midst when all the sinners were around and condemning her, but Jesus took her spot. He became in the midst, and she saw that. That's what he does. Amen? beautiful that he loves her she now don't forget she was caught in the act of it but does he does he tell her she's going to hell hmm. you go down to verse 11 he said where are those who accuse you she said no one lord and jesus said to her neither do i condemn you whoa wait a minute how can jesus do that she's a sinner she was just caught sinning and you know they drug her through the streets She's dirty. Her hair's matted because she's been crying. Legally, she deserves to die. She knows what's coming. But hold up. She came in contact with Jesus. She came in contact with someone who took her out of the midst and put himself in the midst. That's the Jesus that the world needs to know. That's the Jesus that the world needs to know. Not Because according to some pastors and teachers today, he should have condemned her. 
according to the law, she is condemned. But the person that wrote the law is with her. He's the author. He's like, I'm going to make a little change here, right? Now, it's not that he made a change. He knew that his death would take care of that law that holds us all up from being able to go to our Father. And that law was taken care of by Jesus. And I love this story because it tells that he gave her the gift of no condemnation, which then allowed her to go and sin no more. And the sin there no more is literally the penalty, the judgment has been taken away from. It has. Amen. You got to know that church. Jesus is no respecter of persons. He loves every single person. And when we understand that he has given us the gift of no condemnation, that allows us to rise up and go. See, the church sometimes gets it backwards. They say, stop sinning, and then you won't be condemned. That's not how Jesus ordained it. Jesus said, I don't condemn you. Now, go and sin no more. Amen? Anybody tired of that rat wheel? You sin, confess, sin, confess, sin, confess, sin, confess. You get all, feel all sorry for yourself. Like, God, I'm sorry. And you start making deals with God. God, if only you take this headache away. I promise. Right? You start telling him everything you're going to do, and he's going, oh, my God. Oh, my me. Right? He's like, he's like, can you stop? God doesn't make deals. He doesn't make deals. You just need to understand what Christ did for you. There's no condemnation for you. Rise up and walk and, 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 and be useful for the kingdom by showing people that, yeah, you're a sinner. You are, but you're also deeply loved and you know it. You know that he's not holding that sin over you anymore because that sin was paid for. Does that make you want to sin more? No. And if somebody told me that, I'd be like, If you can't say something nice, but they're a fool. Anybody not been a fool once or twice? Bob? <laughs> um, I can be that way too, right? Look at Romans 6. For death that he for the death that he died, he died to sin how many times, church? Once for all. But the life that he lives. He lives to God. Likewise. What does that mean? In the same way that Christ died, you also reckon yourselves to be dead in, and not just dead to sin, I love it, dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now listen, for the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. Now it's saying likewise, just like that, you need to understand. You need to reckon yourself to be dead to sin once and for all. It doesn't mean you're not going to sin anymore. It's actually a noun. It means, what is a noun? Person, place, and thing, right? So the condemnation, the penalty, and the judgment part of the noun is taken care of. You're still going to sin. It does, I don't want to sin. Nobody wants to sin. But you're still going to sin. We're in a fallen world. But you got to know that when that happens, that God doesn't condemn you. Your judgment has been put on Jesus. That's why it says likewise, like Christ. How did Christ die? Did he, did he die because he was a sinner? He had no sin. So the only way he could have died is to the judgment, penalty, and condemnation of sin. Amen? And I love that. 
Look at back to this. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Well, what does it mean for God to be with me? What does that mean? God's with me. It's actually in Scripture. So if you go to Genesis 39, you see Joseph. Right? Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was what? He was a successful man. And that word there is actually prosperous. I know that's not supposed to be said in churches, but it is what it is. It's actually prosperous. So check this out. If you go back and look at the times, the life and times of, of what was going on during Joseph, you will see that when they were sold as slaves, they were sold buck naked. Just naked. Because they had to be able to see if they had any diseases or anything on them. So literally, as Potiphar's checking them out, he has nothing. He has no family. His family did him wrong. Amen. No family. He has no money. He's a slave. But the Bible says the Lord is with him. And what? He's prosperous. Wait a minute. How can that be? He's chained up. He's chained up. He has nothing. He's a slave. He's naked. He has nothing. Naked is a picture of sin. He has nothing. But the, the Bible says he was prosperous, not because of what he had or what he didn't have. He was prosperous because the Lord was with him. Isn't that beautiful? Some people think if I have more money, I'll be prosperous. Everything will be fine. That can be a problem. Some people try to be humble and say, if I didn't have anything, maybe I'd, I'd be, if the Lord would just teach me that lesson. Anybody ever say that false humility? That, that maybe if I had nothing, I'd be better off. Man, either way, it's none of that. It's the Lord is with you that makes you prosperous. That's the main thing. Some people think good looks will make them prosperous. Trust me, it doesn't. Why didn't you laugh? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It should, but it doesn't. All right. Uh, the Lord was with you. He was successful. Oh, oh, not, not just him being successful. I mean, he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, right, Potiphar? And his master saw that the Lord was with him. His master saw it. In other words, someone that's not saved, someone that's not in the church, they saw that he was prosperous. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and, or with him, and the Lord made all that he did, duh, prosper. There's that word that we're not supposed to use, but it's in Scripture. Some people do abuse it. I'm not going to lie, they do. But if you just leave it out altogether, that's also a form of abuse. Amen. All right, so Joseph found favor in his sight. He was a slave, people, slave. He found favor in his sight. And served him. Then, then he made him overseer of his house. And all that he had he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house. And all that he had. That the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house. For his sake. That's what it means to have the Lord with you. That means wherever you go. The Lord's with you. You bring a blessing to everywhere you go. Everywhere. Everywhere your feet go. Everywhere your eyes look. Everything your hands touch. You bring the favor of God with you. 
That's power right there. But, but God will bless them for your sake, not for his glory, for your sake. Isn't that beautiful? Love that, man. All right. Um, and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Doesn't matter where you are, you bring the glory of God with you. The blessing, the favor of the Lord comes with you. That's beautiful, isn't it? If you're a salesperson like me, man, go into a doctor's office. You're like, thank you, Lord, for your favor. You go in there, you light the place up. They'll buy anything from you. Amen? Thank you. Where two or three agree, it will happen. <laughs> One more story. Second Chronicles 20. You will not need to fight in this battle. Say amen. Jehoshaphat, he has some people come against him. Three enemies came against him. And God says, you will not need to fight in this battle. They're like, why? Something's going to have to happen. You ever try to take matters in your own hand? Instead of resting and trusting the Lord? Lord is speaking to them through a prophet. You will not have to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. What, what, what does that mean? Like God wants you to stand a certain way. Don't you want to know what that is? Because you won't have to fight in this battle. And it can be a little battle. It could be some, maybe some of y'all got some discrepancies with some family members that you're thinking about before Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever you get with them, right? Try to figure out a way to say that. And it's, it's messing with you, man. You won't have to fight this battle. Just remember a kind word turns away wrath. When they're expecting wrath, you give them a kind word. Say, man, you don't look as fat as I thought you were. <laughs> man. And if you can't think of one, just say, God has blessed you. <laughs> you are really prosperous. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? A kind word turns away wrath. A kind word. Have you ever been in a, in a spot where someone was just seething mad at you and you, and, and you don't, <laughs> there's a humble way to do it and then there's a not so humble way to do it. You can kill them with kindness and be smiling the whole time, right? Like you're enjoying it. That just makes them matter. But a kind word turns away wrath. Said, Brother, I appreciate your passion. I do. And I just want you to know I love you. Let's agree to this with and then you turn around and walk out. Now, if they grab you by the back of the shirt, then you turn around and start swinging on them. <laughs> <laughs> kind words. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. We got to edit that out. Just joking. All right. <laughs> Stand still. Oh, my God. Sorry. sorry. I'm going to say I'm sorry now so we don't have to talk about it on the way home. Sorry. Position yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Salvation, you know what that is? You know what that word is? It's the name of Jesus. They're saying stand still, position yourself, and see Jesus. And when you see Jesus, you won't have to fight that battle. He's fighting it for you. That's what he does. See Jesus of the uh, salvation of the Lord. Who is with you? Emmanuel. He's with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. So look at this in the, in the Hebrew. Yeshua, there it is. Salvation, deliverance, welfare. welfare. <laughs> look at that other word. Don't say it, though. Look at it. <laughs> deliverance, victory. 
All those things are wrapped up in the name of Jesus. And look, the root word for this word is Yasha. We have another girl. I'm naming her Yasha. 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 It means to save, to be delivered. That's what Jesus did. He's the deliverer. Deliver us. Remember that song? Deliver us. That Bella had a dance to that at her uh, Doxa Ballet thing, man. And next year I might get to be the king. So y'all be praying that that happens. We're two or three. Will you pray with me, Jamie? Say amen. Bam. I'm going to be the king next year, baby. And you know I'm going to take it up a step too, boy. I ain't just going to sit there and be like. Bella's going to be back there going, oh, God, please don't let it. <laughs> I would be the worst dad to be up on that stage, boy. At least I acknowledge it. I won't do it, be. Unless that prophecy comes true. All right. So right after that happened, the Lord was with them. They're not going to have to fight. Check this out. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should. He put the choir out front. Now, if I'm a king and I got three armies coming out against me, I'm going to pick. I'm going to be like, Dwayne, you go. I'm going to take you. You're visiting. But I'm going to say, you go. I'd be picking everybody, boy. I'd be last, man. And if I didn't pick you, don't send me an email saying, hey, I've been working out. Okay, I get it. <laughs> so I'm just saying I'm going to run behind the biggest brothers I can find. <laughs> so he sent the choir out front, right? And he said, he said he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of his holiness, right? As they went out before the army uh, and, and they were saying, what song were they singing? Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. That was their song. That was their position. Their position was to sing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for his mercy is cassette. His, his, his grace. His grace endures forever. Isn't that awesome? That's all they were singing. So when somebody's coming against you, guess what? Position yourself. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord for your grace endures forever. Get the Chris Tomlin version. You don't have to sing, just hit play. <laughs> um, uh, uh, now, when they began to sing, when, when they began to sing it, so if you're waiting for somebody to do it for you, stop. When you begin to sing by faith, when you begin to sing it, you're like, Lord, is that all I got to do is sing that song? Yeah. No, it's got to be something else. Just sing. 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 <laughs> okay, 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 okay. All right, now, now when they began to sing and to pray, bro, you're never coming back here, are you? <laughs> He's like, I ain't got time to be a bodyguard, and he can't sing. Now, now when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, the, uh, the Lord said, Ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. They killed themselves. God turned them on each other. They were like, they, they were like, them people can't sing. Let's just kill each other. <laughs> but isn't that amazing? They didn't have to fight. The enemy was right there encircling them. You ever feel like the enemy's got you? 
He doesn't. You have victory. You have power. Open up your mouth. Start singing praises to your Father who loves you. Amen? When the Lord is with you, it is always, always to prosper you. Always to prosper you, according to what we just saw. The, the word for prosperity, deliverance, well, uh, well, well I, why can't I say that word? Thank you. Welfare. <laughs> Sounded like Reba McIntyre over there for a second. <laughs> it is. And you're like, wait a minute. Sometimes bad things happen. Yeah, but listen. He makes all things. Say all things. All things includes bad things. All things includes consequences. All things includes all your mess ups. He makes all that work together for your good. Your good. It's always a prosper. Back to this. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. God with you. What does it mean to have God with you? Man, it's, it's the most important thing. It's the message of Christmas. Emmanuel. God with you. To those people and to us today, it should mean something. And what it means is that when you get Jesus in you, Jesus is with you in power. Power. You won't have to do anything. You won't have to fight. You won't have to fight for any. You won't have to fight for your righteousness. It's a gift. Imagine if somebody gave you a gift and you wanted to beat the crap out of them. Whoever's giving it to you would be like, this just ain't right man it's a picture of what god the father is doing he's giving you a gift and you want to fight that gift you want to decline that gift you want to say i don't deserve that gift he's like you don't you don't deserve it just receive it that's why it's so hard for people because we're not good receivers we feel like we are not in a place to be able to receive and god's like hey, listen man i've done all the work for you you know the verse that says he you are complete in christ do you know what complete means? It means it's, it, you're, everything you need is wrapped up in Christ. The moment, it's not, it's the moment you accept him, you're complete. It's not that you got to learn more and learn more and learn more and then you're complete. The moment you accept him, you have all things that pertain to this life. Amen? Uh, is that it? Oh, Romans 8. So this is, this is the last part, right? I, I wanted to show you this real quick. Uh, I didn't add it. Which, that's the Lord rescuing you. That's the Lord delivering you. Amen. <laughs> so, do you remember in the, in the Christmas story, Luke chapter 2, uh, Jesus was eight, eight days old and he was going to get circumcised according to the law of Moses. He ran into this guy, right? He ran into this guy, uh, Simeon. Old guy. Oh, God, the Bible says he was just and devout. Do you know anybody that is just and devout? There's nobody, right? So this person, Simeon, whose name in Greek is stone, and, and in Hebrew, stone and rock, which represents what? The law. This guy comes up and he blesses Jesus. He's like, now you're here. Now I can go home in peace. Think about that. The law had a purpose. But when Christ came, the law was given, given it over to Jesus. He's like, my work's done because the deliverer is here. Deliver you from what? The law. In other words, trying to, trying to work your way into heaven, trying to work your way into God's favor is done. 
because Jesus is here. So he's like, man, I'm glad you're here. I can die in peace now. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. The very next person that he meets right after that, literally the next verse, is a lady named Hannah. And Hannah blesses him. The baby, right? Hannah blesses him. Hannah's name is Grace. Isn't that beautiful? So the law is like, I'm glad you're here. I can check out now. Next person that comes in is the grace of God. Isn't that beautiful? And that's not there by chance. There's a reason that's in there, amen? And you can back it up with all so many other scriptures. But here's what we're going to finish, guys. It says that this, Jesus is with you in power. This Christmas, Emmanuel, when God sent Jesus, and, and you should call his name Jesus, and he is, it's Emmanuel fulfilling the prophecy. It means God with you. This is what it means to have God with you. Amen? It means, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It doesn't say you conquer more because you love him. Because our love for him is like this. We're like, I love God, where are you? I love God, where are you, God? I love you, Lord, but what's going on, right? That's us. His love is not like that. Doesn't matter what we're going through, his love is always up here. And we're more than conquerors because of his love for us, right? For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing. He's like, in case I forgot something, everything, right? Any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, what's important there is not even sin, not even your sin can separate God from you. Can't separate his love for you. And when people tell you that your sin is stopping blessings from coming your way, that's a lie. Because yet while we were still sinning, God sent Jesus. Would he have sent Jesus if that was the case? The greatest blessing we ever received or could receive is Jesus, and he came while we were being disobedient. That's how much God loves you. That's the message of Christmas. There's power in that. Amen? Don't let people tell you that you're defeated. You have great power. Great power because of what Christ did. It was about him coming down here. He's the only one that could do it. The Bible says in Matthew that, that his, his lineage, uh, son of David, son of Abraham. David means that the kingdom was promised to David. The land was promised to Abraham. So Jesus coming down, Emmanuel, God with us, that means he's the king of all the land and he's right here. Right here with us now. And if you have Christ with you, you have all the power you need. All the power you need to be successful. Even when you're like Joseph and have nothing, him being with you makes you successful. The Bible never says that Joseph was a, was a handsome man until after it says the Lord was with him. So when you had the Lord with you, you get handsomer. Trust me. I mean, look. Amen. I'm going to bring Pastor Dwayne up. I just want to tell you guys real quick. Yes, give the Lord a hand. Will you guys stand with me as we, uh, as we get ready to go? I want you to know something. If you haven't received that gift of Jesus, man, I want to be able to share that with you. I want to be able to pray that prayer with you. Uh, I would love to have that opportunity. It is a blessing to me to do that as well as a forever blessing for you. Pastor Dwayne can do that as well, too. We have numerous people in this church that we would love to just pray with you. If you got some kind of 
thing going on in your life, situation, man, we'd love to pray with you at that point too um, and pray uh, God's blessing and provision over you. We have oil down here that we have used and that people can testify to. Amen. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, if you're looking for a church, this is who we are. It's what we do. It's not always like this. Amen. Um, but we do. Listen, I can be funny and I love doing what I do, but I know that all I want to talk about is Jesus. I mean, just lift. Do you feel like Jesus was lifted up and edified today? That's all that matters. If you go to a church, man, and you hear more about other things, if you hear more about yourself than you do about Jesus, run. Go find a church where all they talk about is the beauty and the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's what we do here. If you want to be a part of this church, that's literally what we do. We believe and we know the love that he has for us. We'd love for you to be a part. All you got to do is fill out a little sheet down here just so we have an acknowledgement of you being here. And we'll get that to Miss Kathy. And then she sprinkles dust on it and you become a member. <laughs> All right. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Dwayne. Merry Christmas to you guys, by the way, if I don't talk to you. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for just your word today, God. Thank you for giving us hearing your ears and hearts to receive, God, your truth. Father, your word says it's the truth that we that we know that makes us free. God, we are free uh, indeed. We thank you, Father, for the liberty that we have in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. We thank you, Father, again for this, this time, this season, Father. Thank you for reminding us for what Christmas is all about. We thank you for the birth of Jesus, God. We thank you uh, not only for his birth, but for his life for his death, his burial, and his resurrection. We thank you, God, that he sits at your right hand making intercession for us. And according to your word, Father, we also sit uh, in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we just thank you for making room for us in your household and your kingdom, Father. Thank you for grafting us in. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that lives within us, who leads us and guides us and orders our steps. We just give you praise and thanksgiving, Lord. Thank you for equipping us all, Father, to uh, to be imitators of you, Father, to to do what you you show us, um, God, in the spirit realm, Father. We thank you, Father, for the manifestation of all of your precious promises that are in Christ, yes, and amen, Father. We thank you, Lord, for uh, just every person in this place, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for just giving us uh, and blessing us with health and healing, Father, over this over this season, Father, as the weather continues to change. We thank you, Father, for safe travel, Father, as we go to and from. Thank you, Father, for just blessing uh, us beyond measure, Father. You've done for us, God, things that we cannot do for ourselves. And we just look forward, Father, to what we're going to uh, continue to be able to walk in and experience uh, with you at the head of our lives. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. Amen. We are dismissed.